Welcome back to Lethal. This is my third mini episode. It is different from my normal episodes. I will not be covering a death row inmate this episode. I'll be going over all the inmates that I've written to, which death row inmates have responded back to me, and what I've responded back to them. So get ready for some tea. start with something easy. Why am I writing to death row inmates in the first place? I've been asked this by everyone. If you're new, I'm going to give y'all my perspective and why I'm writing to death row inmates. When I started the podcast, I wanted to talk about death row inmates each week, but I also wanted to get their perspective. All the information we receive is from the media and the court files, so getting their perspective is something I wanted to hear. Some death row inmates come from harsh backgrounds, and by no means am I saying it is justifiable for them to commit horrendous crimes, but I wanted to know what made them snap. You know, what made them commit these crimes? Did they grow up in an abusive home? Did they have an abusive spouse? Or did something just cause them to snap? My mom questioned me when I started the podcast and wanted to know why I would write to death or inmates. Why would I give them my time of day? And when I received my first letter, it verified why I wanted to write to them. We only hear one story. We only hear about this monster through the media. But who was this person before this act was committed? I wanted to know if the inmate has maybe grown as a person from the experience. Are they sorry? Would they take back this crime if they could? Or are they stone cold and not remorseful? By no means am I taking up for the death row inmate, but I wanted to be an outlet so we can hear what is going on from the other side. I'm not for the death penalty and I'm not against it. The point of me writing to death row inmates is so I can form my own opinion. I think each case is different and each case needs to be evaluated in detail. So let's get right into it. Since my last episode, I've written to numerous death row inmates. I've written to Juan Segundo, I covered him in episode 28, Randy Kraft, I covered him in episode 27, and Maria Alfaro, I covered her in episode 24. So if you're new, I am in contact with Blaine Milam, Melissa Lucio, and John Allen. Blaine Milam and Melissa Lucio are both Texas death row inmates, and John Allen is a a, um, Arizona death row inmate. This episode is short and sweet. Um, I do plan on writing to more death row inmates, but I have a process that I like to follow. I've written to over 30 death row inmates, and before I write to them, I like to look into their case. I want to make sure they aren't affiliated with gangs. Then I decide if I'm going to write to them or not. If you want me to write to a specific death row inmate or you have specific questions you want me to ask them, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. Um, my panhandle is at lethal underscore podcast or feel free to shoot me an email at lethal.tcpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, let's get into the letters. So Blaine Milam was scheduled to be executed in January 2021, but his execution was stayed, meaning his execution was halted and they're evaluating his mental status at this time. And unfortunately, I will not be able to share his letters at this time, but I will be sharing some pictures he sent in his letter. I'll post those on Instagram for y'all to see. 
Okay, so if you're new here, I would go back to mini episode one so you know who I've been writing to, who I've written to, and so on. Because I have been writing Melissa Lucio for months. She was actually the first death row inmate to write back to me. Um, I actually haven't heard, I hadn't heard from her for months, so I ended up sending her a couple letters. I sent her a Christmas card and she ended up writing back. Um, she wanted to let me know that she wasn't writing back because her carpal tunnel was causing her a lot of pain. So she was waiting until she bought a new typewriter. She said that she, her, her son, sorry, her son sent her Christmas money and she was able to buy a new typewriter for $360, which I didn't know they could buy. But she said the first typewriter she bought was $225 and it's the same typewriter. So she doesn't understand why it's so expensive, but I was looking at the commissary and they really upcharge everything. Um, she also wanted to see how my holidays were she wanted to know what I did who I spent it with did I decorate for Christmas um she also told me that one of her friends sent her Christmas pictures and she puts them along her window so she can feel like her cell is decorated for Christmas and um she also said her and a couple of the inmates in their exchange gifts um and they usually listen to the radio and they listen to christmas music during christmas time she told me about new year's day for her she said she was actually really sick she did not feel good at all so she slept all day she didn't want to deal with anything or anyone on that particular day so she she knows that I'm writing to other death row inmates, so she wanted me to give her a little update with who has responded and, you know, what are they saying. And um, she said to take care, and she hopes to hear back from me soon. So I ended up responding back to Mel. Um, I told her about how life was. If you're in Houston, you know we had a huge winter storm so I told her about the winter storm and I told her about how my Christmas and New Year's was I also let her know that I was happy that she got a new typewriter and that I was sorry that her carpal tunnel was acting up on her um, and I just had a couple questions for her about the holidays and how it is um, in prison but I it was a pretty short letter so I'm waiting to hear back from her I expect to receive a letter from her either this week or next week Okay, now let's move on to John Allen. I've been writing John Allen a couple months now. Um, he is an Arizona death row inmate, and he sends me very long letters. So let's get into it. So this letter that John Allen sent me is seven pages long, front and back. So he talks about Christmas Day and what he did. So he had a video conference with his parents. He had dinner, which he said is served at 3 p.m. every day, which is so early. And then he planned on watching TV for the rest of the day, which I thought was really interesting because Arizona death row inmates have cable, they have TV, compared to Texas death row inmates that do not have TV, they only have radio access. John also talked about how on Christmas Day they usually have a special meal for dinner and how the commissary usually offers holiday items that are only able to be bought during the holiday season. So that was really exciting, he said, how they have special items they're able to buy. John goes on to talk about Arizona death row and how most of the inmates spend at least two years in maximum custody. That's basically solitary confinement. Even though they don't call it that, that's what it is. 
being by yourself in a cell 24-7. So that's what he said. Um, he said after two years with good behavior, um, you drop custody levels to close custody. You still are in your own cell, but you get to come out with other people. So he means he gets to be out with the general public. So John was sentenced in 2017 and his two year mark was November 2019. But since the pandemic hit, he said he is still there and he has not been moved to a lower custody level. So I'm going to go ahead and just read this. They said, they did, however, put us all who are waiting to go to the close custody yard in the same pod. They have let us buy things on the close custody store list, and I am no longer have to be strip searched and handcuffed before going anywhere, like to the shower, medical, or to a visit. Even though we don't have to be, we are still often handcuffed to get to a visit or medical center. So he told me that he has gotten to meet different people in prison and since I know it's really strict in Texas in the Texas prison system I wanted to know how Arizona was so I asked is he able to be with everyone or how does how does that go how has he met all these people in prison and he said at this time since he is in that confinement he usually yells through the walls to talk to other people or if they walk past his cell he's able to meet them in that way as well. He also went on and talked about how inmates are very generous with one another. Um, if one of them runs out of soap or towels, then they'll help each other out with those kind of items. So John also told me how they are able to get different items to each other in their cells. Um, they have to become very creative and one way they get different items to each other in cells is with a shoelace. He said it's something called fishing or something being fished so um, I guess it has its own name in prison but um, it's a whole process that he goes into so I ended up asking John if random people write to him am I the only one writing to him or do, does he have other people writing to him he did say that he does get the occasional mean letter of people telling him that he's evil and they don't understand how someone can be like him he also said he gets different letters from churches or um, they do have different pen pal services that he is on. I didn't know this, but he told me that there are a few pen pal services that can connect death or inmates in the US with pen pals in Europe. So he is connected to different people in Europe. John goes on to talk about his nonprofit. He wants to call it Life Camp. So pretty much summed up, his nonprofit he wants to start is um, to help teach people learn basic skills in life. Maybe someone that grew up in a home and they weren't supported. Maybe someone that was neglected as a child. Um, he said a lot of people that are in prison go lean towards drugs and alcohol, which leads them to go to prison. And he said he wants to be able to generate a network where people can help each other maybe someone with mental health they need someone to talk to but they don't have anyone to talk to so they you know they end up just being on the streets so he wants to keep people off the streets and wants to lead them down a healthier path so i asked if he thought it would be beneficial for him and he said definitely it would have been beneficial to him as a young teenager john also says that 
At a young age, he became very independent and he didn't learn the basic skills from his parents that he wished he would have learned. Like someone in a supportive home, most of their parents will teach them like basic skills. So um, he said there were holes in his knowledge that he wished he had like everyone else. So that summarizes the letter that he sent me. So I ended up sending him a letter back. I asked him different questions. I told him about the Texas winter storm. Um, and some of the questions I had for him is, what did he like to buy off the Christmas commissary? Um, how was his Christmas? I also wanted to know, what does he like to watch on TV? Since Texas Death Row Mates don't have a TV, I just wanted to know, you know, what does he watch? And I didn't know if they got cable at the time. So I also wanted to know if he was released from solitary confinement. And I asked, does he have a lot of pen pals? And um, that pretty much summarizes what I wrote back to him. But he sent another letter and I got that this week. So John said his favorite thing to buy from the Christmas commissary is the peppermint bark bars. So he said it's a white chocolate bar with crushed peppermint candies and he's hooked on them and he tries to buy as many as he can. So in my last letter I told him how Texas death row inmates don't have a TV and he was very surprised. He said Arizona death row inmates are able to buy TVs and he said they do have cable so he watches nbc he watches a show on nbc called debris um he also watches snowpiercer on tnt he talks about how he likes watching bob's burgers family guy the big bang theory the simpsons and so on which i'm just so mind blown that they're able to watch tv and have cable when texas death roommates are only allowed to listen to the radio so he does share with me that he does have a couple pen pals that he talks to and he said that he is very excited to get his nonprofit off the ground but things are moving slowly so he said that he wants to figure out legally what his role is and how he can get the nonprofit off the ground since he's an inmate. Then he kind of goes on and talks about different political views, and he has a couple questions for me. So I'll be writing him back this week. He wants to know what I watch on TV, and he wants to know some of my some of my political views on different issues that are going on in the world. So this mini episode this month was pretty short and sweet. Next month, I'm really hoping we'll have more letters from more death row inmates. I'm going to start sending out mass amounts of letters to death row inmates, so hopefully we will start hearing back. Fingers crossed. Um, thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week for a normal death row inmate episode.